Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be doing a little bit of a special look back, looking back at Rebels Season 4 and talking about the Blu-ray that just released. And uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about some cool announcement stuff that happened as well. So, William, why don't you tell us about what, uh, what we heard? Yeah, so big news this week. Episode 9 is going to start filming at Pinewood Studios this week on August 1st. So uh, think about it. That's now what? On this recording, that's two days away. Yeah. 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 We're looking at like two, three days away right now. And it's, yeah, it's going to be great. What's so there's actually a lot of news in the, in the announcement. They, they unveiled the whole cast. Um, and uh, so, I mean, let's break this down, guys. The the interesting thing, though, is that right at the right at the top of the bat, they are very, very clear in that this will be the final installment of the Skywalker saga. Ooh, yeah. Uh, do you guys mm-hmm. think that, like, I mean, they they said that they, you know, when Revenge of the Sith came out too, right? It was the, that it was the end. Do you think they're just saying yeah. this, or or do you think it's actually the end of the Skywalker saga? I would I'll, say... Go, well, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead, Stephen. Okay. Uh, I think there's a chance that might be the case. Um, so in some respects, uh, the only Skywalker that we have left at this point is Kylo. That's true. And he's not... Ta- uh, I mean, he's Skywalker blood, but he's not Skywalker by name. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so there's this interesting question of, is that the direction they go or do they go through, you know, with someone else or, you know, do we focus on, uh, I'm blanking, I was going to say Daisy Ridley, but do we focus on Ray going forward? Uh, so there's part of me says, yeah, that, that I'm actually not too surprised by that. Like we're kind of going to a broader story. I'm sure there's still going to be a sequel, sequel trilogy, but mm-hmm. maybe it's not as mm-hmm. Skywalker centric as we've been thus far. But the other part of me says, like you said, William. You know, of course they're gonna. They want to hype up the movie as much as possible. Maybe it's not really a surprise that they're, you know, hailing it as the end of the Skywalker saga. And then there's a little parenthesis that says for now. Right. And actually, you know, that's a good point, right? They could, they can continue the the films, in, you know, in chronological order like they are doing mm-hmm. now. But they, but they're not saying it's like technically the end of the Star Wars saga stories. You know, going out. You know, later in time, they're just going to start branching out, uh, you know, to the sides. They this is the last Skywalker movie, and if Luke Skywalker is dead, okay, that that kind of makes sense. Tom, you you were going to say something? Yeah, you see, I was always under the impression going going back to when I first saw the movie and the rumors came out that there were going to be nine episodes, that it was going to be a full on Skywalker saga, and that was it. It wasn't going to go past episode nine. So I it, I believe this is going to be the case i wouldn't be surprised if there's a sprinkling of some kind of skywalker maybe nod back uh or nod to or somehow a mention of it going forward but i think when it comes to this skywalker bloodline i believe this is going to be over 
because I always thought that was going to be the case anyway, from from all the way back episode one, technically episode four, when it came out. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that should true. be very interesting. But yep. uh, but there's a lot a lot of interesting stuff in the um, a lot of interesting revelations in the announcement. Uh, the the biggest one being well, I don't know if there's there's so many big ones actually. Um, no surprise, Luke Skywalker is returning. Mark Hamill is returning to play Luke Skywalker. Whoa. It's got to be a not Force a Ghost, right? Yeah, not a surprise. Luke, Luke the Force Ghost has to be. Has to yep. be. Okay. Has, has yeah, to be. I, don't, I don't think that was ever in doubt. No. Yeah. Um, also, Billy D. Williams is returning to play Lando Calrissian. Woohoo. You guys excited that, about this one? I, yeah, I think that was one of the. Yeah, I think that was one of the worst kept secrets. Yeah. But <laughs> hey. Well, I mean, it's it's about time because he, he wasn't yeah, in the last two. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how they handle it. In some ways, Billy D. Williams is almost like a Lando's almost become a caricature in 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 some ways when uh, mm-hmm. you know because it's almost too over the top. So hopefully, you know, Billy D. is able to kind of ground Lando a bit. Uh, but I, I have every I, I I believe he 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 definitely can do that. Um, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't anticipate any issues there. No, no. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the the big the big thing everyone's been wondering, you know, as as we all know, Carrie Fisher passed away a few years ago, now or a year and a half ago, something like that. And, yeah. um, oh no, not even a year and a half ago. No, yeah, it was a year and a half ago. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> time flies. I, well, um, I think the easiest way to put it is she passed away too soon. She did, she did, and yeah. unfortunately. But they are going to bring Leia back, and she's not going to be play- recast. She's not going to be CG. They're actually using unused footage of Leia from The Force Awakens, actually, um, to kind of close out her her story. J.J. Uh, Abrams said, you know, quote, we desperately loved Carrie Fisher. Finding a truly satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga eluded us. Uh, without her, eluded us. We were never going to recast or use a CG character. With the support and blessing of her daughter, Billy, we have found a way to honor Carrie's legacy and role in Le- as Leia in Episode Nine by using unseen footage we shot together in Episode Seven. End quote. See, this is what I'm going to find fascinating is how they are crafting the story around dialogue that was supposed to be in Fant- uh, supposed to be in episode seven. They're going to craft it to work in episode nine. That's what I'm going to find fascinating. I, if, there's any, if there's any documentary about that, I will watch that when it comes out on here, Blu-ray because that's got to be cool. So here's my bet. Okay. Uh, we'll get because so think about what her role was in uh, episode seven. Mm-hmm. She was serving as the resistance general, kind of commanding troops. Um, I think they actually talked about maybe in one of the deleted scenes or something like that. They had shot footage of her where she was going to appear, I think, earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they wanted her to just her appearance at on uh, Takadana to be her you know, first step. First time we see her kind of make it a little more uh, impactful. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if her role in episode nine will be primarily sending basically kicking the story off and sending people on a mission where they, and then they'll be out of contact. And that gives them the advantage of, you know, after the fact, if they decide they're going to do another movie set post nine, uh, they have the ability to just say up. Oh, and, you know, unfortunately, she passed away, you know, in between missions, basically, mm-hmm. or in between episodes. And you get a little bit of a cleaner send off for her without kind of having as much of a glaring mm-hmm. gap in episode nine. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. you, you know. I, I, I think that's exactly where the footage is from. That you know, speech to the resistance uh, early on in the Force Awakens that was eventually shifted later, just so that they could ha- introduce her uh, on Takadana, and, and so I think it'll either be probably a hologram or they'll they'll you know use that footage of her like like you said to 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 send to either inspire the resistance or send them off on some mission and then maybe she'll get she'll be killed off at that point or just live you know Mm -hmm. um should continue to live in our uh in in the galaxy just not part of the that's true part of the movie yeah yeah she could be somewhere yeah, so it's very you know, the, interesting to see what what they do, but it's it's nice that they're doing it. I think the right they're doing it the right way. Yeah, they're doing it proper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other news: John Williams is returning to score episode nine. I've, we all hoped that would happen, but it was never mm-hmm. a certainty, right? Yep. Uh, and so we're really always good to confirm. Excited about uh-huh. that. And we're getting three new members to the cast as well. Um, Richard E. Grant, uh, known f- for uh, a number of, of no- number of movies and, and television shows, um, including Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, Logan, and, and more. Um, Naomi Aki, who seems to be a bit more of a unknown. She's been in a few things, but uh, aside from like it looks like an episode of Doctor Who, not a whole lot. Uh, that's that's major at least, and then um, in this is this is actually interesting, uh, and then Carrie Russell as well. When the press release first went out, she was not included. It, she was rumored to still be in contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. And about an hour or two after after they put up the announcement and the uh, the Star Wars show put up a a video talking about all the new all the new cast. Um, and they uh, they she they. I guess the deal hadn't gone through yet. It finally went through an hour or two later and they quietly updated the press release on starwars.com, pulled the old video from YouTube from of the star Wars show and re uploaded it with Carrie Russell. So they must've had like, um, two multiple versions ready just, just in case, you know, as soon as the contract signed was signed, uh, Carrie yep. of course is known for the Americans and Felicity and a number of, uh, she's worked with J- uh, Mission Impossible Three. She worked with J.J. Abrams a few times. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the, in- the interesting thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gwendolyn Christie not listed in the cast announcement. You know what? You're right. Great call out. Yeah. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie is yeah. not there. Uh, so yeah, actually, uh, some of the other cast members include uh, Daisy Ridley, obviously Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, all those we expected. Lupita Nyong'o is back in the movie, so let's mm-hmm. talk about some more Maz. Um, Domhnall Gleeson, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, see mm-hmm. Jonas Suotamo as Chewbacca, and Billy Lord as well. So she seems to have a larger role as well. Uh, and of course, Anthony Daniels. So yeah, um, really interesting cast. I'm I'm actually glad that Phasma's not back. Really? Yeah. I, I always thought I always thought the joke was that she would be the one that could just keep coming back like Kenny. But I thought some somebody point, made a comment, gets a, a joke comment like that. Yeah, but see, that's a it's a joke, and we want it to be a little more serious. I think. Mm. Um, I. No, I think you, you, she was you, right you, to you come want... back as another foil for Finn. And then uh, in this case, she's done. Yeah. Yep. 
And I think they're either saving her maybe for, res- I mean, I guess she's going to be in resistance, but uh, mm-hmm. we're either going to save her for something post nine, either a side story or, you know, they're just kind of done. Yeah. I'd be Which fine be having her, but I'd, I'd be fine having Phasma live on in the books or comics or whatever. Um, but in, in many ways she kind of, you know, Finn was able to kind of overcome his challenges and, and defeat her. Yeah, he, and so he did best her. It, yeah, it, it just, not just would almost seem cheap it, that I, I would have loved to have seen the Phasma revenge plot, basically mm. a little bit more mm. rogue. I can, I can picture her showing up with, you know, her, uh, her armor, but like very scarred, you know, there, I'm just saying there could have been some cool stuff there, mm. but yeah. again, well, I, you know, I'm sure they had a lot to cram into this. Oh, this because like, you know, it's not I, honestly this, I don't know where they're going to go. Like, the last Jedi edited things such in such an open ended way. Yeah. That I yeah, I don't I don't know where they're gonna take this movie. Mm-hmm. I have some but also cut maybe a couple theories here or there, but they could just there's so many different options. Yeah. And, and also realize in some cases when movies start production, they have added cast members as the movie go progresses. So they could always bring her on later. True. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. So regardless, um, the new cast members seem excellent, and uh, I'm really excited to have uh, you know, Billy D. Williams rejoining as well as everyone else returning. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I can't wait in um, December 2019, guys. Just um, it's hard it, to believe it's just I, it, it's a year a and a half year away. away. Close. Yeah, remember the days when they were filming, you know, Revenge of the Sith two years before two and a half years yeah. before the movie came out. And now the timelines have compressed so much. So it's, yeah. uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. We'll see what happens I, I, this summer as, as we get potential leaks and rumors. I want to throw it back one bit to John Williams. Do you have a feeling that when it comes to this episode, this may be his last film he's going to score for the star Wars universe? Yes. I, okay. I, I hate to, to say that because I love John Williams scores. Yeah. But John Williams has said a few times, you know, part of it is Daisy Ridley. He just loves scoring uh, Daisy Ridley's character. He, mm-hmm. he said that a couple times in some recent interviews. And he, he's he's tried to be, you know, he, he's wanted to be loyal to the, the, the Skywalker saga. He's done every yeah. single movie, and I think he desperately wants to do them all. But if it's the end of the Skywalker saga, it's the right time for him to step away and, and, yeah. and be done. Uh, I as, hate to see him go because uh, of all the soundtracks he's done for all the years that have been so amazing, but it just seems like this would be a fitting end for him to be his last one that he does in the star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, I know he's getting uh he's getting older. Um, and yeah. I'm sure it's, it's a lot more work for, you know, a lot more, uh, a lot more difficult than it, than it used to be. Uh, I mean, he's what, um, seven, eight, 90, 89, 88. No, no, no. 80, 80. Yeah, he's getting up there. <laughs> he's he's getting up there, so. Um, yeah. Uh, 86, so. Wow. Yeah, but John Williams, just, he's he's un, unrivaled. Unrivaled in, when it comes to the music, so. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's, looks- that's Star Wars Episode Nine. We don't, we don't have a... Don't have any inkling of what the story's going to be yet. There's no, um, I'm guessing we'll probably get a teaser 
this in November or so. But uh, maybe a title around then. But for now, episode nine it mm. is. Seems so, about right. Yeah. Yeah. So Tom, I yes, don't know about you, but I am excited for today's review. Do you want to tell us what we're going to be talking oh, about today? Absolutely. Tonight or today or wherever you're listening to this podcast, we are going to be doing uh, a review of season four Rebels, Blu-ray and DVD, which will be out July 31st. Now, as everybody knows, you know, it's about Star Wars Rebels. This is the complete fourth season on DVD and Blu-ray features some of the most critically acclaimed Star Wars storytelling to date with compelling characters, harrowing conflicts, uh, astounding space battles too. old friends are reunited and new alliances are forged as Star Wars Rebels builds to an epic conclusion, drawing connections to the entire Star Wars saga. So coming out July 31st, (laughs) the Blu-ray and DVD. So get yours on Tuesday. Yes, yes. So we uh, uh, want to thank Lucasfilm for sending us an early copy of the Blu-ray. Thank you much. Um, And uh, so we'll we'll, we'll be talking about some of the special features a little bit, um, as well as the the episodes themselves, since we haven't done a a season recap yet. We thought it'd be the the right time. So... um, this this season was really cool. There was a lot more of the two-parters um, and three-parters. Um, and if you'll remember, when it started almost a almost a year ago, uh, wow. it was it was divided into two halves. We got the first uh, eight nine episodes, nine episodes of the season between October and November, and they were doing two a night, so they blew through them in like a month. And then we got the final final uh six episodes uh six seven episodes depending on how you count um in the the fall sorry the spring um so started with heroes of mandalore this is the one where you know we we get to sabine goes uh goes to find uh, her her father who's been held captive by gar saxon and we bo katan back and uh, this one was a it was a fun. I, I like this one. We really did a it did a nice job capping off Sabine's mm-hmm. family and the the Mandalorian arc in the show. I think it's, the one thing, Stephen, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go okay, ahead. I, it's interesting because actually, uh, I think this was probably one of the weaker. Like I enjoyed these episodes, but I think mm-hmm. it was probably one of the weaker openings to the season that I think we'd had thus far, mm-hmm. especially coming off season three, which ends you know with this huge battle at Adalon. So I was, I remember, and I, I was just very surprised moving into something a little bit more low-key almost. It's probably a good way to start the season, especially going into the the final season of Rebels, because take a look at what happened in the second half on how it just took off all the way to the end. So True. instead of having it at the it's, front to where it hits you right there, let's ease you into it with the whole Mandalore thing, which was pretty cool. I just found it fascinating that we finally got a good backstory for Sabine of how intelligent she was, what her um, her technical, technically why she left Mandalore because they didn't like what the one of the things that she built and how she was able to use what she built to get back at the uh, Imperials. Yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah, we got that that huge moment where at the end of the first of the first half of the two parter, Sabine's family is presumably wiped out. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, I, that that episode was shown at Star Wars Celebration, uh, Orlando, 
and I just remember the the whole room was just, oh, it, it was just just it was a, a you know gut punch. Um, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, like it, we you know we, we we were they they ended it there, and yeah, you know, I I think for those of us in the in the audience, that was a amazing way to kick off the season. Um, however, I think when it aired, they did you know at the beginning of the next episode we find out that they're not actually dead that they survived and it kind of removed some of the kind of lessened a little bit of that that the the tension and the and the emotional impact of the Mm -hmm. moment um so you know i i i was kind of a more of a fan of having them air i think this is the one case where having them air separately was almost better you know uh yeah yeah but uh you know it was not that it was it was bad at all. It just kind of having it having the 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 outcome revealed so quickly afterward um, was uh, uh, just didn't didn't have it, quite the same effect. It, it wasn't quite the impact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, um, this way, when you guys left celebration, you could at least for the people who were not there, you wouldn't spoil the second episode. You would be like, oh my god, this is how the first one ended. You guys will be gut punched by this and then everybody else would be hearing that because I, I know you wouldn't be saying much but at least you'd be giving your impressions and your impressions would be like this is how they ended the first episode of the fourth season yeah pretty pretty yeah. crazy way to kick, kick things off yeah um, but you know I, by, by the end we had Sabine giving Bo-Katan the dark saber making her the the leader of the of the Mandalorians and uh, it was it was just kind of a nice a nice moment Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of assumed that Sabine might take it or might go back at some point, but she never did. She, um, yeah, she just stuck with. Well, them. never did that we saw. That's true. And as Tom kind of talked about, this uh, this season really was about a uh, couple of leading in episodes, and then we dove straight into, you know, the finale. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 next maybe post mm-hmm. post end of season four. There's a story to be told there. Yeah. You never know. I mean, there there's a lot more they can do, and especially I, I know now that we we've, we've seen the ending with uh, Sabine and Ahsoka going off to search for Ezra. There's just so much story potential there. But, okay, but the interesting thing in that in that, if she were the um, the ruler of Mandalore, why would she go with Ahsoka to go find Ezra? She would be on Mandalore. Right. No, I don't, I don't not, think she... Yeah. she may not, there's maybe not a ruler, but actually, I take it back. We know we don't know what happens with Sabine between episodes, between basically episode four and episode six. Right. Uh, when she comes back to uh, Lothal, maybe she was helping Mandalore rebuild during that time. Yeah, good point. Very good point. That is true. That is true. Though, so uh, let's see. Moving on, the next two-parter we got in the name of the Rebellion. And this yep. these these two episodes saw the return of Saw Gerrera, uh, and the the very interesting dynamic between Saw and the the rebels about how there may be different ways to fight the Empire. Um, I, I really like the dynamic in this one. Yeah, I this episode oddly served as a really great tie-in to Rogue One, I think. Really totally. setting up the kind of Saw Gerrera versus Mon Mothma dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a shame that it came in, you know, October 2017 instead of 
just before uh, Rogue One had come out. Mm-hmm. True, true. Although, you know, I, I'm actually okay with them maybe not necessarily tying it in immediately and, and, and taking a little bit of time based on where the where the, the story is at for Rebels. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah, it, it, tied in, it tied in enough to satisfy for those who watch the episode and those who watch Rogue, Rogue One. It tied in enough to understand how really far out Sagarer was when it came to his part of the rebellion. And then you see that big face going right at on Mothma and the two of them back and forth on both of their, you know, how they see the rebellion and how they fight the rebellion. Mm -hmm. So I think that was, it was perfectly done. Exactly. Absolutely. And of course they, uh, they, we get the, the giant Kyber crystals and the, um, and we get the, uh, the death troopers and, Mm-hmm. This is like the Death Troopers in the mist, or in the in the in this in the smoke guarding the Kyber crystal. Still one of the the highlights, I think, of the of the season, and definitely that that two parter. Absolutely, uh, and some nice you know um, references to the Death Star and, and Krennic as well. I'm glad they mm-hmm. didn't go too far and and, and completely show it just because this is the Rebels storyline. At the end of the day, it's. You know they don't they don't have to set up other things, but um, that was a it was a nice one. Uh, next up, we got the occupation with writer Azadi. Now this is where things really, this is where the season really starts to kind of accelerate. Uh, we didn't really know it at the time, but the in the occupation, the the crew of the ghost head down to Lothal and see what's happened. Um, since the uh, since they've left and since the empire has increased the presence on the on the planet and they leave the ghost behind they leave uh callus behind and um for for a number of episodes in fact mm-hmm. they, yeah, at this point they don't crazy they to, don't leave lothal anymore it's crazy to think how early in the season this actually happens yeah yeah but i think it was the best thing about it is it made sense because the rest of the show from this point, everything took place on Lethal. And we always tried to figure out why was Lethal the big storyline for all four seasons? Why was this planet so important? And we fi- we started getting that importance at this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, we learned yeah. they have the Tide Defender Factory. Yep. And not only the Tide Defender Factory, but we learned something else later on that was also on Lethal. Right. Yeah, but yeah, that the that 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 comes up. Yeah, well, you later. don't want to spoil it right now. We're too early in right. our reviews. So. <laughs> well, hopefully, we've seen it already, so it's not necessarily a spoiler. But you know, yes. Yeah, but but still, you, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we get you know the return of we get the return of um, well, we get the a reference to old Joe from you know the beginning of the series who was unfortunately killed, and we get the return of Jai Kel, writer Zadi, the Zagos are kind of starting to bring in a lot of their tertiary characters back in to to kind of close out their their storylines mm-hmm. i think this one was probably yep. probably the weakest of the season uh, crawler commander that's eh. true I, it was honestly it was that the 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 three or four right in the middle as they're kind yeah. of setting things yeah. up because there's a lot of setup they're great enjoyable stories to be sure oh yeah yeah um but I think compared to the to what happens in the rest of the season, yeah, yeah, you know, 
not quite. And th- and these were also the only ones that were not two parters. They aired on the same ev- on the same night, but the the stories were a little bit more self contained. After after the occupation, we got Flight of the Defender, uh, and cont- picking up on the de- the Tide Defender storyline. Uh, and this is the one where they go to the airfield where the new Tide Defenders are being tested and and, and try to steal the Tide Defender from Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, I did so love seeing the Tide Defender show up. Uh, yes, one and, of my one of I mean, obviously Rebels brought back Thrawn as well, but Tide Defender certainly ranks up there for me. Yeah, well, not not to spoil anything, but it also appears in. The new Thrawn book too. Yeah, and it, and they and they do ah, a good job. Spoiler. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh man, I have what? not gotten there yet. <laughs> oh, you gotta read this book. Sorry. Do. The Thrawn, Thrawn alliances is, is excellent. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they they do okay, a good we'll job. Actually, the thing I like about uh, and and we'll, we'll yeah, staying a spoiler free as possible. They do tie yeah. into into rebels in, in in various ways, as you would expect now, yes, they given do. Thrawn's presence, and kind of explain the dynamic about what the tie defenders versus the death star and stuff. So, um, but, um, but yeah, so Sabine steals the, 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 the tie fighter and, you know, that's the kill switch. So they end up stranded in Lothal and have to take the hyperdrive. Um, and this is where we also start to get the introduction of the, the, the Lothwolves, um, which was a very interesting, thing that kind of came in a little bit later we got the lot of loth cats cats and the humor at the beginning of this one but the loth wolves start to come as well and they're much much more mystical and will actually play a huge role later on in the season uh, including the message doom which we know is caleb doom any more thoughts I thought that on was a movie up? just kidding that was dune not <laughs> yes. doom. sorry more thoughts on uh, flight of the defender no, I, no, okay. No, I think you covered it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really where the season starts to begin laying the groundwork for you know the kind of big finales that we end up getting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is that is true. Um, then uh, on November sixth, we got Kindred and Crawler Commanders. Kindred, um, this is the one with uh, with Rook. So they they kind of pick up. It's actually interesting that Flight of the Defender and Kindred weren't paired in some ways because mm-hmm. that's yeah. the one where they're yeah that one made sense. They landed the Tide Defender and now they're trying to go back and retrieve the hyperdrive and and we get the introduction of Rook, uh, Thrawn's assassin from the books. That was so cool to see, uh, and he certainly I think uh, I'm blanking on the word, but he proves his worth very quickly throughout mm-hmm. this entire season i'd say well yeah. except for maybe uh you know a little catch at the end but well n- not so much a catch at the end but i think is it this episode or in crawler commanders where um he kind of gets spray painted and put on a yeah. speeder bike and sent back yep yep that's, which that's which that that whole that whole fight sequence was actually pretty cool between sabine and zeb and rook and to figure that whole thing out of uh his uh, little force field. Mm-hmm. That was Invisible. that was a lot of fun yeah. to watch, and, and the tie in defeated, and and the tie yeah. into the Clone Wars and Rayco Hardeen's yes, um, yeah, invisibility. So yeah, it's uh, it was it was a fun little episode. Again, not not huge, but they they are laying the groundwork, and I love that they actually brought back Rook uh, into the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and that brings us on to the mid-season finale, which was Rebel Assault. Uh, well, hold now, on, obviously. and, and Crawler Commander. Well, we can't commit. We can't sorry, forget Crawler. Excuse me. Yeah, that was my fault. Well, we didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, we didn't. We didn't finish up. But yeah, tell us, Crawler Commanders. Yeah, I mean, this brings back Visago again. Uh, you know, as we get to see the rebels kind of take over. Well, like it was based on the World Devastators, right? Mm-hmm. Which was that's really right, cool the animated to see. series. Yep. Yeah, they did it. That that was kind of. Uh, yeah, you're right, Tom. I think this is probably this one was maybe the the weakest one. We got, we got Visago. We had the. Um, uh, it was just the mining. Well, it was it was the mining thing, and also yeah. it, it had the you know the. Huh. Yeah, it, 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 it yeah. was it, used later, and it was it was helpful. And again, it again not necessarily you know good or you know not necessarily a bad episode. It was just I think if I was going to pick my favorite, it would be it would not be that yeah. one. And, um, and it seemed like it seemed like when it came to this episode that crawler command vehicle set it up for them to use that as a base later because that that was on the side of the hill later in the episode toward that's was kind of like their headquarters for a while so i think that's what the episode set up going forward um because yeah. it was big enough for it but you know other than that it was just a tool it wasn't a bad episode there was some fun stuff if i remember in there especially when it came to a lot of the guys um who were on that that um, oh, isn't this also where we see Melch again? Yeah, uh, I think Melch make his appearance back I here. I think it was in this, right? Yeah, which was which was good to see. I, I, Melch is such an over the top, but such a great <laughs> character. <laughs> Especially later. Oh yeah. Well, in that case, he's oh, literally over the top. Poor Melch. Uh, sorry. Didn't even know. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Now, yeah, I'll get on to it, Steven. Yeah. The game, Steven? So, I think it was uh, Rebel, Rebel Assault. <laughs> yes, the game. game. Yeah, the game. No, yeah, but this, is, this is where we start to see kind of more of the crew show up again. Hera and the assault team kind of arrives. They battle past the blockade. Uh, it goes not so great. You know, Throng oh. kind of orchestrates the defeat of the Rebel plan. And uh, we get this horrible finale with Hera captured. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreaking to see that the shot of the the X wing and the Y wings just falling from the sky mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and crashing into Lothal City. Yeah, the, the whole Phoenix Squadron was totally wiped out, except for naturally Hera, Chopper, and then Mart Martin. Those yeah. were the only three that managed to survive out of that whole squadron that attacked yeah. Lothal. And then we got to sit and wait for two months, almost three months, actually. Oh, it was brutal. Before we got yeah, November to February. That hurt. With with while Hera was chopped, you know, was was captured. And yeah. you know, I was actually surprised um, how by how big of a role Mark Matten played in the final episodes, because when he was he was introduced, oh, maybe season earlier in the season, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, Maybe season I, remember, three? I, I think it was season three. Maybe? I don't actually remember him showing up ever again. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he he he's a, he was a side character, actually named after Matt Martin from the Lucasfilm Story Group, and I just we just kind of assumed like he was going to be, um, uh, he was kind of going to be show up in, he should show up in an episode and and be done, just like 
uh, Gutierrez, named after Andy Gutierrez uh, from the Star mm. Wars show. Um, but he actually played a, a fairly significant role. In, in, and while he wasn't a central character, he was present in many of the episodes the rest of the season in the background, uh, yeah, helping out the Rebels. That's true. Uh, which is kind well, of if you have a model, might as well use them. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. He's a fun character. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then, and then after that, from oh wait a minute, we did Rebel Assault Jedi Knight. Ah, Jedi Knight. That's the one. Or is it? Oh doing... no, no, Jedi Knight was Jedi next. Knight. Okay, yeah, that's right. The... Because I'm sorry, it was too many months between November to February, and it's like you kind of lost track of time. And what episode was next? Jedi so... Knight. Followed immediately by Doom. Probably, I think I actually say this is probably one of the most the uh, hardest hitting two episode pairing. I think we've gotten mm-hmm. out of Clone Wars or Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to, it's say. up there. It was, it's yeah. up there. Yeah. I think it's up there it, with Ahsoka leaving home. the Jedi in Clone in the Clone Wars. Yeah. In terms so moving of, on, we don't need to talk about these two, right? We don't need to re- relive these experiences. Reopen those. No, wounds. no, no we, we kind of have to because that's part of the review. I mean, you you got to set up first off. You got to set up the downfall at least at this point of Governor Price that gets set up here. True. Yes. So you can at least talk about that, except for the other part, you know that that we kind of don't want to touch upon. But you know, Kanan Kanan did have to. Kanan did have to come to grips that he was a Jedi Knight and he yeah. had to save, he had to do a Jedi Knight thing. So, well, I mean, at the end of the day, sacrifice is, is kind of core to the Jedi selflessness. Right. And, and Kanan knew he had to go rescue Hera and we get this, yep. the great montage yep. as they're all preparing and that shot as they fly away. is just gorgeous. Um, yeah. And the whole rescue attempt, and, and, and you know, and while Hera is has a little bit of the the truth serum, <laughs> she's just a little bit more. Um, she's she's still, and I think Dave Filoni even makes this very clear. They they in some of the special features, they wanted to make sure that that Hera, throughout this episode, while she was, you know, kind of drugged up a little bit, she wasn't saying she was saying things that she meant. She was mm-hmm. just a little bit more forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, because of it, yeah. Um, and yeah, and that—that's when we get, you know, the 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 they they finally, you know, admit that they they love each other, and um, Kanan even. Although apparently the they'd had some time maybe before this to do that as well. Wait, well, we, we we don't want to hit that part up right now. That's that's for later. But okay, I agree with true. You. <laughs> yeah, but but I have to say one thing about this episode. Uh-huh. I think. The best thing about this episode was the banter between uh, Kanan mm-hmm. and Hera, because it just felt so. Even though she had a little bit of the truth stuff in her, it felt so natural and it flowed and it made everything at the end of the episode even more heartbreaking. Oh, I know. Oh yeah. Well, because yeah, yeah, because they they get to that fuel depot and they're as they're trying to escape, Kanan pushes Hera onto the onto the shuttle and you know basically keeps the explosion back so his mm-hmm. friends can can escape and if that wasn't heartbreaking enough he finally regains his sight right as yeah right at right in the seconds before his death and 
it's just uh it's heartbreaking and he can see her for one last time Mm -hmm. that was the thing that made it heartbreaking yeah and then the thing that made it even more heartbreaking enough was to be followed by doom because it does pick up right where jedi knight left off and you've got sabine and everybody coming back and sabine coming out of that uh uh, imperial shuttle just all ticked off couldn't tell zeb what was going on It, it was like you could just you could just feel that heartbreak and just zeb sitting there with like waving like everything's great fine and dandy and then when Sabine comes out, it was like all of a sudden, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. I have to commend the show actually because they're they're five episodes from the end of the series, mm-hmm. and they basically put everything on hold for um, an episode, and just just go spend some intimate time with the whole cast and in analyze how, and, and let us see how everyone reacts to Kanan's death and how they process it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a much more personal episode. Um, they, you know, there wasn't some big plot going on in the background. It was just how they each deal with what happened. Yeah. Right. Sabine mm-hmm. and Zeb decide they want to go, uh, you know, take out down a parade cause they're mad and they want to, they want to fight back. Uh, Ezra ends up, uh, being challenged by the loaf, the loath wolves, and and you know, talks to to Doom about mm-hmm. this about the Jedi Temple. Um, you know, the Hera is just you know stricken with just grief, heartbroken, right? And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and spends time with Chopper and the the Calicorian. It, it was just really nice to to let the characters process it, and also the the viewer process mm-hmm. what had just happened. And I think had Doom been aired on its own it wouldn't have worked as well. No. But because it followed Jedi Knight, it was perfect. Yeah. Dude, it was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. Yeah, it gave everybody the chance to grieve with the characters as you're watching the episode. It would have been... God, you know what? It would have been unfair to air that episode a week later. I I think... I think they're probably mm-hmm. not. There, there could have been a tad bit of an uproar of like, why did you do this? This is, you know, you didn't give. Well, people would have grieved in their own way, but it was it was very fitting to have everybody grieve at the same time. Back to back was the only way they could have done it. Yeah, definitely. That is, that yeah. is definitely for sure. And then after that, what do we get? We get wolves at the door. <laughs> I mean. We, t- talk about talk about things going in at this point after after this grieving point things really started shifting into gears oh yeah yeah i mean we got the loth loth wolves are back you know uh that you know they they're the jedi temple is back again you know and when you get there and you know they, they find out that the mining guild is basically what are they doing they're excavating the temple mm-hmm. this this was interesting, the excavation of the temple, because it introduced, didn't it introduce that uh, imperial archaeologist? Yes. That was kind of creepy looking? Yes, yeah. Minister Hayden, or as I like to call him, Randy Palpatine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Good point on that one. He was close enough. He's, he's, he's Palpatine's younger brother, right, Randy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, that was, I, I, I liked I liked how they revealed that the, because we always knew something was in the Jedi Temple, right? Um, mm-hmm. something had to be going on with it. 
and there was something bigger than just a tide defender factor on Lothal. And it turns out it was a Jedi temple, but it wasn't an object inside. And, and in the, in the commentary, Filoni actually talks about how they didn't, when they were making the show, they didn't actually know what would be inside. Um, could it be a weapon, maybe a lightsaber or a holocron. And in the end, they decided not to go something physical because it seemed too cliche. Uh, it's really about the experience that Ezra has. And mm-hmm. so it's the temple itself. That's what's most important. Um, God, to be in that story meeting, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. To yeah, hear, yeah. to hear all that thought process, which actually makes sense to do this with wolves at the door and, and a war, a world between worlds mm-hmm. to go a left field thing instead of what everybody would expect, because believe it or not, because think about it this way. They already had the, everybody expects when you had Vader challenge, uh, Ahsoka on that temple, that was going to be a world killer. If you think about it that way, because to go and do that again later, then that would have been cliche and would have been, oh, they went that way again. But to go this way, that was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I, I agree. We we and the, this episode also gave us the return of the Mortis gods, the father, the son, and the daughter. That was great. Um, again, Mortis yep. is still one of my favorite favorite storylines from the Clone Wars, and so returning, having them return in this episode, and they was was amazing and they did it in such a way that if you hadn't watched clone wars you didn't need to worry about it mm-hmm. right uh yeah. but it, for, for yeah. fans of the clone wars it just just tickled you know tickled you it was so so perfect yeah um and and i'm glad again that they they decided to take the time to really um you know, originally Wolves in the Door and A World Between Worlds were going to be a single episode, but they, they wanted to take the time just to have them enter the, wor- the world between worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, they ended up splitting out into two. And again, you know, they're on the f- final season and it can be tempting to say, well, let's get as much storyline in, in, in as we can. And I'm, so I'm glad they they stretched out Wolves in the Door and, and, and World Between Worlds into two separate episodes. And mm-hmm. I think that's what, in some ways, what makes the the season so great is that they they took the time to yeah. you know they, they didn't rush things yeah. and i think that's and, one of the yeah. problems of 22 minute animated shows is that unless you're doing two-parters they're they're often over before you know it and yeah. the doing the two-parter back to back just i think is was so much so much better yeah, and I think in this one, what helped with this was when Sabine did get captured by by who again? You say it much better than I do, William. Uh, Randy Palpatine? There you go. <laughs> Minister um, Hyde. The one yeah. and only. Yeah, the one and only. But I think they could not have been able to have Sabine and Randy Palpatine do that interaction <laughs> of trying to figure out what was going on in the temple yeah. if they put that into a 22-minute episode. Right. Because that that would have just been a brief little glimpse. And then you look at how it stretched out that second episode by by bouncing off Sabine and Randy Palpatine. And then you've got Ezra actually in the world between worlds with spoiler alert, Ahsoka. So they couldn't have crammed that into a full 22 minute episode. They needed to get that expiration out there between these two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a world between worlds is also just one of my, it's it world between a world between worlds and Jedi Knight are probably two of my favorite rebels episodes of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, up there with um, uh, Twilight, Twilight of the Apprentice, and 
obviously the the, the series finale was was excellent uh, as well um and uh the 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 Sabine training episode with the lightsaber. I'm completely blinking on the on the name right now. Oh, Trials that of the Dark, Trials of the Dark really Saber. Good. Yeah, yeah. I think those are the, some of the best episodes of the the entire series. And A World Between Worlds did not disappoint. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and, oh, and it was just, just the way it was they awesome. such good stuff. I know, and then just yeah. the way they tied in all of the voices into the World Between Worlds and let us get um, a a glimpse into all these different eras. If you haven't, I highly recommend picking up the Blu-ray because there is a audio commentary with uh, Dave Filoni and sound editor Bonnie Wilde discussing all of the voices used in the episode and kind of the thought process behind this. Uh, you know, Because Dave wanted to t- basically tie all the films together in some way and was trying to build a bigger concept of what the Force is and how it works uh, based on what Georgia taught him and wanted to give Ezra this transcendent experience. And that's kind of where this whole episode came from. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it was just so, so well done. The whole thing was, was excellent. It really was. Yeah. Uh, and apparently uh, in, in this episode, Dave Filoni actually added 30 new shots and rewrote all of the dialogue between Ezra and Ahsoka once Ahsoka comes back. Um, wow. Which, yeah, because you know, because he wasn't happy with how they'd introduced the por- the portal with Kanan, and uh, and it was actually interesting because he told this little tidbit about how the artists had already put a Lothwolf constellation in the sky, and so he was just able to have Ahsoka point to it, and when they were talking about, well, is is Kanan like a Lothwolf now, and 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 that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, interesting yeah so it's again fascinating commentary if you haven't seen it there's so much um, that uh, so many little tidbits that that uh, I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy like uh, for example Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice I, I completely missed this Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice um, uh, he well he starts uh, voicing Kanan and then that voice morphs into the Emperor uh, oh, interesting! So oh, when the wow. emperor's introduced, I, it's actually wow. Kanan talking. I totally didn't notice that. Yeah, I missed that as well. It's Kanan talking, and then it morphs into the emperor's voice, and they kind of, um, they, uh, they, they basically did like a crossfade into Ian McDermott, and mm-hmm. just, oh, so good, so 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 good, and just the fact that we get Ahsoka back. You know, we we've been wondering since Twilight of the Apprentice what had happened to Ahsoka what did we got the know, answer here yeah like we, yes, and they, we they, they perfectly tied it all together with her walking into the uh the the, the triangle doorway and uh, going back to where she came from and i think mm-hmm. this episode opens up a lot of questions but at the same time it answers a lot of them and i think when we initially recorded our review we were we were wondering like is this time travel what's going on does this break things and you know, Dave Fleming was very clear that this is, this is not, this is not time travel. It's more you can really only go in and out of your own portal because you notice they they always go in and out of the same portals. So you can mm-hmm. go in, yeah. you can get a glimpse, yeah. but you can't travel through time. That's a good point. I didn't Interesting. realize the first time. So yeah, definitely one of my one of my favorite episodes. Did, do you guys have a, a favorite so far? 
this season? I mean, Jedi Knight had to be probably. It's hard for that not to be up there. Yeah. It really is just such a fantastic episode. Yeah, I just. I don't know if anything will really be able to surpass that for me. Yeah, I've got it. I've got to agree with that because. I I point to that one because, to me, not only because of what happened at the end, but it sets up the downfall of Governor Price. And and it really sets it up because of the payoff at the for a family reunion and farewell. You know, because here the one thing we didn't touch on when it came to Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. sure, the, the thing was all the, the fuel depot was blown up, but it was blown up because Governor Price did it. Governor Price basically was the one that sabotaged the TIE Defender by blowing up that fuel depot just to kill, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the rebels. But it sacrificed a full production that Thrawn was gunning for the whole time. And then you just see her slowly at that point almost lose it to the end. And just go off the rails, especially when it gets to family reunion where she's got all those troopers behind her, mm-hmm. you know, invading the rebel base. So, yeah. What other thing know. I thought that uh, and I, I, we skipped one, though. Yeah, well, I think and, we and I want to touch on the, the the um, the price comment real quick. Uh, yeah. Before we go talk about Fool's Hope. It was interesting. Filoni actually said that um, at one point they considered having the you know like Hera and 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 everyone get um be be angry at governor price for killing kanan Mm -hmm. uh, because she's the one who you know ordered his death but um they don't actually know that she was the one who did it i mean they could assume because she's kind of the you know in charge but they don't know that she was the one who who ultimately resulted in his death. And so that's why the, mm-hmm. the topic is never brought up when they're all together in family reunion farewell. And, and it would almost make sense because if I remember correct, she was in an, she was in uh, an at, at, mm-hmm. there was no way they would have known exactly. she was the one that ordered that. Exactly. And so ultimately yeah. it just would have drug, you know, slowed down the episode yep. from like, you know, her to say like, Oh yes, I was the one who killed Kanan. Oh, you, I hate yeah, you. Cause, you know, like, cause that's yeah. the thing. Unless she monologued, there would be no way to know. And, yeah, nobody would have known. Yeah, there's no need for the monologue. No, God, n- not no. not in Star Wars. You don't need a monologue. <laughs> no. no, no. So, but when we get to Fool's Hope, we get the return of somebody that we know and love, that is a scoundrel, that is going to be. If I remember correct, I'm going to harp on this. He was brought up for Black Spire Station at Disneyland or at Galaxy's Edge. Hondo comes back in this episode. Mm-hmm. And not just Hondo. Yeah. Gregor, and, Wolf, Ketsuonyo. It's yeah. it, it's everyone coming coming back together finally. You know, and let's not forget Melch. Yep, Melch, Ryder, right? We've got we got everyone we've got everyone together. And this is the this is that episode where Price and Rook lead the assault on the rebel base and ultimately fail. But, um, yeah, we get some terrifying scenes with the Loth wolves. Yeah. Oh. That's, Wait, that's almost the biggest thing I remember. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I mean, it's a little bit of both, but the big thing yeah. I remember from this, these episodes is watching the Loth wolves tear apart. Just 
Oh, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the coolest shots was Ezra standing there with his lightsaber, and then all of a sudden the wolf eye, wolf, wolf eyes just start appearing behind him. That oh, yes. was cool. Yeah. From the trailer. Uh, yeah, it's it actually apparently became a running joke to have Rook keep falling off of ledges and saving himself uh, <laughs> and clinging onto things. Well, <laughs> That's why it happens so many times. It's like, yeah, let's have him do that again uh, until it finally fails him in Family Reunion Farewell. But um, yeah, again, this was this was like they, they aired A Fool's Hope, Family Reunion, and Farewell all on the same night. And I'm, I'm glad they did because... Mm-hmm. You know, a fool's hope is kind of just moving the all the the last few puzzle pieces into place um, for family reunion and farewell, the the series finale. Um, it was a fun episode, you know, but mm-hmm. it, where, the, where the rebels had to survive this attack. But it was basically rebels survive attack, rebels then go attack. You know, um, and and so we got more. We got more of our our favorite characters returning in the, in this episode, um, but at the end of the day, I think it was just a prelude to the real, the real finale. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just it was truly inspiring to see what Dave and the crew can do when they're given the chance to actually end a series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the best things when it came to the show, they were able to go out the way they wanted to and they did it so perfectly they did they did and i guess dave did a lot of research into how to do a good finale while working on the, the these episodes because it's you know he, he knew that everything he did could be the last and mm-hmm. they because it was the end they actually were able to take time to focus and rework things and tweak it and perfect it and it, you can it shows it really shows yeah 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 um, and it's nice how they, they, yeah, they which, brought they brought everyone back for this episode. They really mm-hmm. they really did. They brought everyone back, and it kind of shows just how much of an impact that Ezra has had on this on the on the galaxy and, and the, mm-hmm. the the Lothal system. You know? mm-hmm. And the best the best thing about it because they brought everybody back, then it's it's like when you have let's say the live action shows that that's their final episode. Everybody gets to have a way to say goodbye. I'm I'm going to bring up a show called The Middle because that ended up last year going away. But they actually had all the neighbors at the end of it come out and in a way say goodbye. And then the family of itself of The Middle actually said goodbye. And it's the same way with this. Because they brought everybody back, in a way, they were able to tie up everybody and you knew where everybody stood at the end of the episode without so much other than two characters, you know, knowing how they ended where they were at that point of time when the show ended everybody got to say their farewell and we got yep. to see melch fly <laughs> <laughs> which the impo- which was the important thing originally the important thing for the beginning of the season actually beginning of season three uh but they they pulled it and and, and kept yeah. it until the series finale uh they've kind of regretted pulling the joke so that's why they reinserted in this one <laughs> oh, but it was so perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm was, glad it was, they timed, did. it was timed and used at the best spot. Mm-hmm. If it, really... it was any sooner, then it would have been like, oh, really? He did it again or whatever. But it was like, no, he did that at the best spot. Yeah. And it was cool to see all of the all of the 
characters that Ezra has recruited over the t- over the years, uh, pitching in now. You know, Ezra has kind of over the season become a leader, and now instead of Ezra, you know, like impersonating people on the Comlink, for example, it's Callus and Ryder Azadi doing that. Uh, and yeah, you, you kind of see fun. how yeah. Ezra has grown and and become more of a leader, which mm-hmm. is neat. Uh, the one part, one part I found kind of cool in this is bringing the Emperor into this, or basically Palpatine. Mm-hmm. That yes. was cool, and then to see Palpatine basically challenging Ezra in the end, within that that part of the temple that was there, and to kind of like give him almost get you know to to tempt Ezra. It's like you know all your all your troubles will go away. If you just reach through that portal to your parents. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is we don't actually know what's going to happen yeah. when he goes through that portal, right? We don't know if it's real or not. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's it's a it's a test for Ezra, right? It's the, mm-hmm. it, does he want to return to the day he snuck out? Uh, and, 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 you know, when his, when his parents were killed while he was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh you know he misses them, but does does he 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 want to return to that so much that he's willing to give up everything else? But but then that's the aspect. If Filoni said that those are portals and not so much time travel, technically, wasn't Palpatine offering him time travel to go back to that point? Or no, I mean no, I'm not. Well, that's the thing orders. we don't we don't actually know, but. Ezra yeah, we don't know. Went through yeah. it. it could just be a giant trick. I I say yeah. it's, it was just a flat out lie. Right. It was it was a Sith lie, mm-hmm. and Palpatine was showing him a lie. Yes, that's true. But I I did like how he went back and forth between he you know he had his good you know Chancellor Palpatine appearance first. Oh yeah. Uh, and then kind of once the the secret was revealed, he he became the Emperor himself. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, just like how in many of the myths, right. Evil hides behind the, the, the appearance of being good. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and not even the, the myths, like you see this all the time, right. Um, where something that looks good is actually evil underneath the surface, but you don't, you don't realize that. Um, and whereas Luke, when he sees the emperor, he sees the face of evil. Ezra sees yep. a kind old man who is actually secretly evil. Um, and so that was a, I love that little, that little dynamic. And, and in fact, you know, Ezra, now that he's been to the world between worlds and he, he's kind of been able to see what maybe might, what might happen. And he, you know, he, he's, he in, in many ways knows that Thrawn returning was one of the many possible outcomes. It's, it may not be what he wanted. It's not his first preference, but he knew that if Thrawn were to return, he would have a plan, and that's that's how he was able to tell Mart Matten to call on the Pergil. Mm-hmm. Um, Which that to me came out of the blue because I think when we discussed this episode originally, I think we were expecting the droids that were featured in the one episode back, where you had it was uh where if I remember correct, yeah, Rex oh. saying one last battle for the Grand Republic because yeah, the, the original battle. Separatist battle droids at that point left the planet. Yeah, the droids could have been this thing. Yeah, Purgles was unexpected to say the least. Unexpected, but there was there had to have been a reason 
why they used them. Well, and it was such and, a Rebels right. thing to do, too. It was so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It ties but into also, Ezra's affinity for living creatures. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it all worked. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, few interesting tidbits. Uh, oh, we got the we got the return of Captain Pelean finally. Um, that and, was yeah. I take that back. That was probably the biggest thing Filoni did that I appreciate. Yeah, he was always one of my favorite characters. Having him return was just everything I could have wanted. Well, you'll be glad to know know then that Dave Filoni believes that Pelean did actually survive the Purgle attack. He wanted yes. to throw him that into is the what episode. I, that is even better. Yes. He wanted to throw him into the episode to canonize him again. But going out that way would be a disappointing end for the character. So Filoni uh, yeah. believes I'm, that Plan did, did indeed survive. I'm still working my way through Thrawn. I'm hoping he makes an appearance in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, this is the, that's, a, that's a Blu-ray commentary tidbit. So don't don't worry. No no spoilers for okay. Thrawn Alliances there. Um, but I, I love Plan. I, I hope we uh, we get we get more of him. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and of course, as we talked about as well, I, I love that Bendu actually told Thrawn how he would die, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's sure enough, it's true. And that that is one of the coolest things when it came, and, and because this was only four seasons, and how they wrote this, there was a lot of tiebacks to everything. And that Bindu part to Thrawn was just one of the coolest things as a tie-in throughout the whole thing. But that was one of the coolest things for this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. yeah and they, we got to see a real, I don't even know what to call it, just a really cool ending for the series as well with the kind of flash forward, the post-Battle mm-hmm. of Endor, and a little bit of a summary of what happened to each character that we've kind of been following over the last couple of years. And I, I appreciated that because the best thing about it was you were able to see Lethal be rebuilt, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. also got an explanation of why the Empire never came back. Right. And right. that was the coolest thing because there were so many other battles going on. It was almost as if, I'm not going to say they were forgotten, but the shifting of the Empire went elsewhere after this defeat on Lethal. Yeah. And, and it completely explains everything. It really yep. does. Um, and the, the coda, which is a perfect way to wrap up everything. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the things we talked and, and, and we talked about, but, um, like Ahsoka and, uh, and Sabine, uh, but Hera and her son, Jason, which was another callback to the son, expanded universe. Jason. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Callus going and living with the Lasat, um, and which is so, you know, it's, it's great to see after he had, you know, supposedly killed all of the Lasat um, in the beginning of the series. So, you know, it, they they did a really nice job mm-hmm. wrapping things up and yet opening up um, new opportunities for the future. You know, that's something Dave Filoni likes to do when he and it's the first time he's got to end his own story on his terms. But you know, he likes endings where the story presents it wraps things up, but it presents a new beginning where you can imagine what might happen and how things could evolve going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think exactly what he did. Um, Absolutely. I think we might be imagining yeah, so much that perfect. we desperately hope we'll get another series that uh, explains it. But um, I, he, he, he who, who's to say, I mean, I, I think I, I think I may have said 
I may want to read this better in a book than a series. Um, but it all depends on what happens from this point forward. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I think they, they, they ended the series perfectly. They couldn't yeah. have done it better. And uh, it ends with the classic circle wipe. First time, the music swell, the first time they do it in Rebels, but the, the way any proper Star Wars movie should end. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it was a fantastic, fantastic season. And, and if you haven't already bought the Blu-ray uh, or the DVD, I highly recommend doing so. In addition to the, the five audio commentaries we mentioned, you get, um, oh, sorry, six audio commentaries. You get Heroes of Mandalore, Parts 1 and 2, Jedi Knight, Wolves in the Door, A World Between Worlds, and Family Reunion and Farewell. Some of the, the, the key big episodes with uh, Dave Filoni. We also get um, a, a documentary called Ghosts of Legend. It's a, it's a series of little mini documentaries, about two to five minutes each. Um, mm-hmm. covering you know the beginning of rebels the uh ezra bridger kanan jarris hera sabine and zeb and chopper and then of course the, the discussing the end of the series um so all told about you know 20 minute documentary or so uh, and then we got forces of rebellion which was another 20 or so minutes talking about uh you know key aspects of the series like temptation how everything's connected the world between worlds and Ezra's choice at the end of the, of the series. Um, so I don't want to, I could give you a, a, a recap, but I don't want to spoil too much. You want to, you should definitely pick up the, the, the Blu-ray if you want to see more. And of course one, uh, one last one. How can I forget Kevin Kiner, the rebel symphony uh, where they, they go in depth on the soundtrack of star Wars rebels with composer, Kevin Kiner and that would be fascinating. And have they mentioned anything about uh, CD or DVD of his music? Uh, I know. I, or I, digital I, I really want a soundtrack for seasons three and four. We have one and two, but we need three and four. Um, and, uh, you know, they, it's actually really neat because we get to, we, we find out that uh, Kevin actually worked very closely with his sons uh, on, well, that's very on cool. the music. And, and his son, Sean, actually wrote the, 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 tr- training music between uh kanan and sabine and he also wrote thrawn's theme as well so he you know he did he did a nice. lot of the, the key mu- music um and uh and so yeah definitely definitely take a take a listen dave filoni's also plays a huge role in the in the the music many of the ideas come from him including like to the idea to use the force theme instead of um instead of Sabine and Ahsoka's themes at mm-hmm. the very end. Um, yeah. So definitely check it out. And also Rebels Recon. But if you've been, those are all available on YouTube. But if you've been following along every week, you can mostly, you know, they're, they're nice to have for archival purposes, but uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily new for all of us fans have been watching every Sounds like there's a lot of information on that DVD. And yeah. Go out and get it. If you're a big fan of the show, it sounds like that's a lot of stuff there. And that would be a lot of stuff to follow through and watch. And just just to go through that process and see it, that whole, the character studies and the story studies and all that stuff would be fascinating to watch. Yeah. It's a fitting, it's a fitting end for the, of the, for the series and a a great, 
a great collector's item to have. So definitely check it out. Yep. So with that, uh, I think let's uh, let's give the season our review. What do you th- what do you what do you say? That seems fair. Steven, what would who you, wants to go first? What would you give the series? Not the series, the season, the season. The season. Uh, I think I'm going to have to give the season a good nine and a half out of ten Womp Rats. Okay. It was just, you know, even the episodes that I'd call misses, and I'm using air quotes around that, were not, they weren't terrible. Like, they were still enjoyable to watch. There's not ones that would be, like, first on my list to go back and rewatch. Uh, but the rest of the season really was fantastic with episodes like Jedi Knight and even Doom, the kind of as a follow-up, working so just beautifully well. Uh, so yeah, definitely nine and a half out of ten Womp Rats. Um, you know, and my they're just gonna go back and watch Rebels again. You know, there's they deserve a break after all this time. Wompception. Tom, um, I'm gonna agree with Steven. I'm giving this a nine point five. And um, I mean, what what can you say? The best thing about this, Dave Filoni was able to take this show and go out on his terms. And I'm waiting to see how he's going to take Clone Wars out now that he's got the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. But if it's any indication how he went out with Rebels, I'm expecting the same care taken for the end of Clone Wars when that happens. I am doing 9.5 Womp Rats. My 9.5 Womp Rats were actually riding in on the Purgle at the end of the episode, okay. like, like, like riding them, like they're, they're bronking horses, bronking, busting horses or cowboys coming to the rescue. So, so it was basically Ezra that contacted the womp rats to bring in the purgles. There you nice. go. I like it. I like it. Well, yeah. you know, I, I, let's make it unanimous. Nine and a half out of 10. This, this season was excellent. Um, yep. the, the, the last five, six episodes were just 10 out of 10s in every every case just yep fantastic uh and the rest of the season was excellent as well uh like i said a little bit weaker in the middle um but you know this this is you know when you're talking about 10 you know nines and tens it's just a little bit weaker is still an excellent excellent episode mm-hmm. um oh yeah yeah and so yeah i i um i loved it it was they they went out the right way and it shows that dave floney knows how to take out a show when he when he gets yep. to end it on his terms, he does it well, and yep. um, so he sh- he should be very proud. He and the whole the whole cast and crew should be very proud of a of a, of a wonderful uh, conclusion to the show. And the Blu-ray itself was was excellent as well. Uh, some great special features. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give it nine and a half Womp Rats out of ten. And um, my nine and a half Womp Rats are actually going to uh, escort Captain Pelean to safety. Um, they, 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 <laughs> they rushed him See? to the escape pod. I, you know. I think that works. They, they told him to evacuate, and he said, "Evacuate!" And I'm a moment of triumph, but then went anyway uh, and survived. Uh, so oh, jeez. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. It was a great, great, great conclusion to the series, and you should definitely pick it up when it goes on sale on Tuesday. Coming up next, we're going to... Yeah, what's next? We have, can you believe it, guys? Our 10th anniversary, the 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars and the 10th anniversary of the Ion Cannon. Uh, and we've got a really cool episode planned for you guys. So I don't want to spoil any of it. Wow. But stay tuned. 
we're gonna, we'll be releasing it in two weeks. So uh, we've we've done ten years of this show, the three can of you us. Believe it. I wow. I don't know where time has gone. It's really crazy. It is crazy. But we, we will we will reminisce. We'll talk about the Clone Wars. Uh, kind of some of our favorite episodes from the show. We're gonna have some fun guests on. So it's gonna be a lot of fun, um, uh, and reminiscing about the Clone Wars and and the podcast, the, the fun we've had yeah, think, over the years, I, I and we'll think, continue to have. Yeah, and I I think a lot of it's gonna be reminiscing about the podcast because really, ten years, ten years, the three of us. Yeah. How many other podcasts? We don't want to toot our say, own horn, you know, but well, y- but you know, I, it's, it's 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 I'm a, trying it's, not to. It is a pretty cool accomplishment, though. Yeah. Not not many podcasts make it to ten years. Um, yeah. So. It's true. I mean, heck, podcasting has even, it's like, it's only been around a little bit more than 10 years, so. (laughs) That's true, too. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that episode. It's going to be fun thinking back and reflecting on everything that's happened since then. It will. It will. Oh, man. Yeah, so so definitely stay tuned for that one. In the meantime, we can't say enough, go buy Rebels. Do it. Or go watch Rebels if you haven't seen it, too. I don't know why you're listening to this, but go watch. Yeah, now we've completely spoiled everything, but go Go get it. Go pick it up. Support the yeah. show. They can certainly use it. Yeah. <laughs> and we will be back with our 10th anniversary extravaganza. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.